Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Wow. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, worship team. Wow, look at you all. So good to see you. Welcome back. I've missed you. James, we've missed you. James and Victoria have been with this church from the beginning, 14 years ago. Victoria came first and then James came. We had a pizza. James didn't know what to do with the pizza. And I've got to say, we went through some challenging years in those early years, but I can count on one thing. Every time I picked James up to go have our prayer meeting on a Wednesday night in Stultoriet, he would always be a source of great encouragement to me. Real man of positive faith. Hey, look, I was at that wedding yesterday. I actually brought the main wedding message, sermon thing, and I... Um, it's a four-hour drive. It's about an hour out of Yotobori, and I thought, look, it's Friday. I'll, I'll stop at a hotel and get, make sure I'm fresh for the next morning because I don't function really well when I'm tired. And there I was Saturday morning in the hotel in Gothenburg in Yotobori and going over my message and, you know, praying through stuff and had a thought. Oh, it's 11.30 it starts. Yeah, no, it's 11.30. We talked about that. It was 11.30. I checked my emails from Greta and Jacob. No, not a word about the time. Looked at the, the order of service, didn't say anything about the start time. Checked all the SMSs, nothing about the start. Yep, it's 11.30. Good. Everything is 11.30, so that should be 11.30. And so I thought, just to be sure, well, it's not to be sure, but it would be good to get there half hour early because I actually didn't get to go to rehearsals on Thursday, I actually didn't know really where I was slotted or where I had to stand. Was there a, a lectern? Was there no lectern? Uh, all this sort of stuff. I thought I'll get there half an hour early just to be organized and relaxed and greet people and just kind of warm up. And so I get there and the car park's full. I thought, oh, everyone's on time, early even. And so I'm, I chose to put my shirt and tie on in the car park so it would be nice and fresh and I'm putting my jacket on thinking, oh, I've got lots of time. So I'm walking towards the church and there were the greeters. They're walking towards me. I'm like, oh, they're very enthusiastic. Um, are you Quinton? Yes, I am. Well done. And good, come this way. And <laughs> Come and meet the priest. The priest's name was Robert. Lovely guy. This was a state church, beautiful church. And it was quite a, a state church kind of ceremony. And so, and uh, we meet the pastor, meet the minister, the, the priest there, Robert, his name. And I quickly got the impression that the service was about to begin. I got there literally at 11. It was starting at 11. And I had no time to find myself. I didn't even know where to sit or stand. The, the priest grabs me and there's, a, there's an altar with a prayer thingy around it in the middle of the church and I'm like 
was trying to sit next to Lynn and Justin with them. I'm trying to squeeze in next to Lynn halfway back and they pull me forward and the, the priest wants me to stand in front of everybody with him and he's got all his gowns on and everything and I'm just standing here and I discover that my message was halfway through. So I stood there for most of the service, which was about an hour and 20 minutes. So, But that, that was the wedding. It was really great. And, and, and Greta and Jacob just looked fantastic. And we had communion. It was just it was a lovely, lovely time. So that was my experience yesterday. <laughs> Nearly ruined a wedding. <sighs> my goodness, you can't just... Yeah, you just got to make sure. You just got to make sure. Okay, look, I'm, I'm feeling very full today. It's not every message that I feel so full, but there are some keynote messages I feel that if you pricked me with a pin, I would explode. Um, and that's how I feel today. And I've got a lot of, I prepared a, a concrete message that I wanted to share today around this new structure that we're bringing into the church and around the values that are behind that. And I've just been kind of stirred up by the Holy Spirit this morning. So I'm just going to go with it and just believe that you're going to get something deposited fresh in your hearts about what is so central to the kingdom of God in his house. All right? So let's get started out of Acts 42. Sorry, what is it? Acts, what did I send you, Francis? 242. I've written it wrong here. Acts 2.42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions, and they shared their money with those that needed. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. They, they worshipped together in the temple and they also met in their homes where they had the communion and meals and great joy, generosity, what I would call fellowship. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people and each day the Lord added to their fellowship. I just want to play um, the video that Justin just sent out uh, this week on email. We're just going to let him pl- let him just have a little chat about what has been going on over the summer, but also about what we're doing over the coming months as a church with Connect Group Sunday and also the Sunday gathering. Let's play that video, Francis. Hi, church. We are entering. We are entering a new and exciting season as a church family. Maybe you've heard the news, but over the course of the summer, the pandemic situation in Sweden is now at a level where we can once again meet at full capacity right here in church. And so we're really looking forward to doing that. Now, we've just wrapped a really great summer church cafe series where we've been able to hear from many of the different voices in our church family. We've heard testimonies and devotionals and so many just encouraging stories that I know that everyone that's taken part over the course of summer has really been blessed to be a part of. So we want to thank everyone that was involved in that. Now, as we're moving on swiftly into the fall and summer is behind us, we're we're looking forward to gathering once again in larger numbers. And of course, we will be following our COVID safe plan to make sure we're taking precautions as we increase our capacity. 
But you know, we've been talking a lot about the lessons of this pandemic, the things that God has been speaking to us, and really it's honing in on the essentials of what it means to be the church. The essentials, that, and just that reminder if ever we needed one, that church is actually so much bigger than just Sundays. It's so much bigger than just an event in our calendar. That actually scripture says that we are the ecclesia, we are the called out assembly. In essence, it is a part of our identity that we are the body of Christ. We are his church. And also, it's wherever. If, if it's on a digital Zoom call or a meeting in person in a smaller setting or here in church, wherever we are, being a part of his church is part of our lifestyle. It's what we do as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. And we are, we are his body. What does that mean? We're, we're actually his hands and his feet in this lost world, reaching communities for his mission. That is our mission. Our mission is to build his church. Now, I've been talking a lot in the plural there, a lot of we's there, and that is because that essential word in all of it is together. What we're supposed to reach people together, we're supposed to disciple one another together, that we're supposed to build his church together. And so we're starting a new series, and the title of that series is Together. Because we can see in, in the early church and in the book of Acts that together was an essential dynamic to the early church and building God's kingdom. And so we're really excited that, about that new series that we're going to be starting from this Sunday for over the course of the next 12 weeks. We're going to really be spending some time honing in on the essentials. And we're also reshaping our calendar. So get ready for this. We've been reflecting on the essentials and how can we reshape our program so that it reflects the things that we think God really wants us to focus in on this season. And so in order to do that, we're actually going to be alternating between gatherings here at church on a Sunday and connect group gatherings in a smaller setting across the region in homes. And so we're starting off this weekend with church. We're going to be gathering here. It's pretty much the same as what you would normally expect of a, a service. And the goal there really is to just to celebrate, to worship, to sing together, to hear a, a, a message that is applicable to our lives that's going to encourage us. And it's going to be a place of encounter as well. Whenever we gather together, we know the presence of God is there and it's a special place. We still believe in the gathering. So we're going to be doing that on odd weekends. On the odd Sundays, we'll be meeting here at church. And on those Sundays in between, we're going to be meeting in connect groups, as I said. And we, we really want to put connect groups front and center because we believe connect groups is essential for our discipleship, for our growth, because it's about doing life together. And for, for that to happen, we need to have that space to breathe, that space to ask questions, to ask the big questions, to study the word together, to really unpack the message and make it applicable to our lives and our stories. And in the context of relationship, we can really grow and encourage one another. And so we want everyone to be a part of a connect group. So obviously that leads to the question, are you part of a connect group today? And if you're not, please reach out to us and we will help you as best as we can to find a fit when a location and fitting your family and find something that really fits you. So we really invite you to do that. Just reach out to us and we'll help you find a group. Now, I'm sure you might have a lot of questions about all of these changes and that's okay. We'll do our best to help you answer those questions. And all we're asking of you right now as a church is to press in, to engage in this new series, this new season, because I really believe that as a church, our best years are ahead of us. So see you in church. Let me quickly pray. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. 
We ask that you would speak today, that you would shift our hearts into a, a deeper, more profound understanding and knowledge of your work in us and through us. We just commit these, these words, this message today to you and ask that you would make it deeply personal, unique to each and every one of us, in Jesus' name. You know, um, Susanna and I recently, recently, I don't know, even sure, two years ago, bought a house. Our previous house before that um, had, uh, well, my background's in construction, and so I need a workshop. And the workshop in our previous house was about eight square metres. It was a little utrum, a plastic-roofed, very thin, no-insulation add-on to our stuga in the backyard. And we didn't sit in that and enjoy the sunshine in the spring and the fall. I turned it into my workshop because I had no other place. And I was always frustrated about this tiny little workshop where I could actually tinker around and play with my tools and store everything. And then we bought a different house, a bigger house. And in this basement, I have five rooms for my workshop. Um, I haven't worked out how many square metres it is, but it's huge. So much so, I've got lost trying to figure out what to do with each of the rooms. Um, Talk about going from lacking to being overly blessed. One of the things that was in the basement was this huge green, I'll call it a a bench, but it wasn't a sit, it was more like a, a workbench table that had been built into the room. And it was unattractive, it was just boards kind of stuck together and some legs put on it and it was painted green. And, and that was, I thought, well, what can I do with that? I could maybe cut it in half and then I could have two half sections attached to two different walls and then I could use that for different purposes in my workshop. Meanwhile, this process is going on. We're trying to work out what to do with our dining room. We have a large dining room and we had, from our previous house, a small circular table. That didn't work in our new dining room. And so we went looking around and going shopping at Ikea and other places for a large dining room table. And my goodness, the cost to buy a new dining room table of that size is just like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. And as I was downstairs, literally about to cut the bench in half, it occurred to me, hey, maybe this could be our dining table. And I looked at it, looked under it, and I discovered the actual top comes off. I didn't have to pull it apart. It was built to come through the doors by taking the top off. I did the measurements, took it outside, started sanding and spackling, and one of the legs was half rotted and broken, so I attached a piece and spackled and and sanded and, and just made it all really nice and took it up into the dining room and thought, wow, this looks great. It's a bit big. So I cut it and trimmed it and shaped it a little bit more. And what I discovered was the right table in the right room looks complete. It finishes the room. And I had no idea that this ugly green bench in my basement would be the place, the thing that we would use as the place of fellowship and healing and restoration in our house. 
God's provision. And so when I think about today, the big metaphor of Connect Group Sunday is the table. And I want to just zero in and focus on Jesus and how much he ministered in the context of the table. Think about your home. What happens around the table? We have young foster kids in our house. The table is like the centerpiece where restoration happens for them, where we have conversation, where we help them eat foods they don't like eating because they've never eaten proper food before. Where we help them understand um, proper etiquette around the table, that you don't say certain things, you don't do certain things and you don't speak to people like that and you don't get angry and you, you know, all these things that you do around the table that communicates acceptance and belonging, that communicates that you're with us. Here's the cool thing. It's, it's all happens around food. It all happens around food. Imagine if you had a table but no food. It wouldn't work. We have Fika here. Awesome job to Stina and her team during the church cafe month. My goodness, the Fika. When we started this church, we weren't much good at anything. Um, now, my wife is not here, so I can say that. <laughs> she was the worship leader. Brian helped her and assisted her. Um, I think my messages were pretty average. Um, we had a small kids ministry. But we could do fika. And we determined that we were going to have the best free fika in all of Malmo. And we did. And I still think we do. I mean, I've gone to churches where you get a little tiny plastic half cup that can hardly hold. And you've got to pay for the cookie. Hospitality. Hospitality. I want, to, I want to speak into a value. You see, the concept of us going to alternating between Connect Group Sunday and Sunday gathering is not just an idea. It's a value shift. And from values comes culture. From culture comes vision. You see, this makes everything that we're doing here authentic to the Holy Spirit working in us here, not cutting and paste from somewhere else. And so what we do already as a strength, we want to just breathe fresher, more oxygen into that situation of hospitality. When we reflect on the last, as, as Justin pointed out brilliantly in that video, the, the challenges we faced last year, which, by the way, are becoming a distant memory. Have you noticed? But that was a very tough year for us. We had just a, a few services in over a year. And what kept us together? The connect groups. The place of the table. Even if it was on Zoom, it was still that connection of fellowship. The place of the table. And even before that, we had a strong connect group ministry and a strong culture of acceptance and belonging. If you look at... Um, Back when um, the Israelites were, were taken into exile into Babylon, their temple was destroyed and it was the, the rise of the, the synagogue 
It was a period where the Pharisees and Sadducees came into existence and there was a transition there because there was no temple um, where there was a, 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 a temple concept that came into the home where the father was the priest, the table was the altar, the food was the sacrifice and that a part of the home experience was a temple experience for the people of Israel at that time in exile. It's an interesting concept, but because of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and their influence, that place of the gathering around the table in people's homes was a place of exclusion. You had to be a Jew. You had to follow the law. You could not have a disability. You could not be known for certain things. It was a place of exclusion. And then Jesus turns up. Jesus was such a rebel, my goodness. He was so radical. He turned so many things upside down. He would ridicule the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders, for their legalistic, arrogant ways and what they have done with the heart of God in Scripture. He would ridicule them and preach at them. But with the average person, the, the tax collector, the prostitute, but even just the normal people, he would meet them at the table. He would meet home after home after home. If you look in the Gospel of Luke and the travels of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, he's either eating at a table, going to someone's table, or has been at someone's table. It was a continual red thread throughout his whole ministry where he focused on people's lives, where he communicated acceptance and brought ministry and healing into that home. Remember, the home was the temple, a place of exclusion for the pure Jew. He turned it upside down and made it a place of inclusion. And that's our heart for Malmö. That's our heart for Lund. That's our heart for this whole region, that we would have a table of inclusion and acceptance. No matter who you are, what your background is, what you believe, what you think, it makes no difference, but you're accepted at the table. And we have wonderful food and a sense of belonging for you to enjoy. One of the things that came out of the challenge of last year and Justin just tapped on this a little bit now, was we, we had to take some time to think about, all right, when, you, when you're on your under, under pressure, when you're, un, when, when you're in a crisis, you come back to what's most important. And we had to stop and think, okay, what's the most important? What's the most important th three pillars for this church? What are the key elements that we need to make sure we're doing well? Forget all the other fluff and bubble, all the other things, but let's just come back to the very central three key, key things, and that is reaching our cities, Malmö and Lund, making disciples, and building community. That is what the body of Christ is called to do, no matter what church you go to. And we've already started faith initiatives this year that take us down the first point, reaching our cities for Christ. This series is about building community. 
And the next series will be about making disciples as we take steps to make sure we turn up the thermostat in every single area. But as I've been praying through this this morning, I feel like God reminded me of certain things. And I reflect as a part of one of those early meetings, uh, one of those meetings we had late last year when we were talking about, okay, how are we going to get through this crisis where we can't have services? Our online experience is pretty average. How are we going to keep people feeling like they belong to this church? The question I posed to all the leaders were, was, how do we make someone feel like they are belonged, cared for and loved to this church and to this place of fellowship if they can't come to a service or a connect group? How do we do it? And so we started talking and I started to use the word pastoral care. I remember I had a whiteboard here and I was just, we were just mind mapping and I was talking about pastoral care. We've got to make sure we're caring for everybody. And Susan, in her wonderful way, said, that's such a terrible phrase, pastoral care. So clinical, impersonal, even though it's supposed to be deeply personal. And she said, what about we call it loving people well? Loving people well. And that was the genesis, the light bulb moment that started the process with the Holy Spirit start sowing into this value even deeper that we would be known before God that we love people well. You see, God is not going to judge us on our worship. <laughs> he judges us on our hearts in worship. He's not going to judge us on our big screen and whether we bought the building or not. Or He's going to say, how did you love that person I sent you? With all their spots and stains, with all their unattractiveness that most other people would walk around and avoid, how did you love that person? That's what he's going to judge us on. Because we are called to love above all else. Paul in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, one of the most famous passages in Scripture, tries to explain to the Corinthian church this whole new radical kind of love that Jesus ushered into the world by dying on the cross, that God so loved the world, that Jesus and the Father had this conversation in heaven before the plan was put into place. And I'm sure it was a very brief conversation. I'm sure they didn't have a whiteboard and develop different strategic plans and, and mind map different options. They just instantly knew the heart of the Father was love and that there needed to be something that would have to be paid for. And love was ushered into the world in the form of Jesus Christ. Love was ushered into the world. And Paul, in his genius, is trying to communicate that love to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 13. And he says, you need to understand, if you have faith that can move a mountain without love, you're wasting your time. If you give up your life for the greatest cause on earth and not have love, you're wasting your time. If you give away all your riches for whatever great cause that you can find and not have love, you're wasting your time. Because love is patient and kind, doesn't hold grudges, doesn't think about itself, 
It's actually not a very long list because I can add to that. Love perseveres, tolerates, forgives, looks past fault, accepts and keeps on accepting. You see, when the Holy Spirit with his fruits, which is absolutely amazing, that we are given the Holy Spirit's fruits in Galatians 5, it's incredible Because suddenly we have supernatural power not to act in my attitude and spirit, but in his. In that passage it says, when I'm in the Holy Spirit, I can now do the opposite to my sin nature. My sin nature says, I don't have time for that person. My sin nature says, I can't be bothered. I've got this to do, this to do, this to do. My sin nature says, I'm going to look past that person and talk to my friend. My sin nature says, don't give, you won't get anything back. And he says, when you are filled with me, my fruits are in you. I've got to tell you, as your pastor, I have a gift of love for you. That is beyond my understanding. And you do too. It's not just me. As a son and daughter of a living God, you're gifted with these fruits. But there's a requirement. This love that's so radical that comes from God himself, this love that saves the world, this love that's in the Father that's waiting for his prodigal son and keeps standing there and celebrates him when he returns home. There's so many prodigal sons in this house that have come home. This love comes freely to us but requires so much from us. It comes freely to us. We have full and absolute access to it but it costs us to love as Christ's love because this love lays it down our lives for others. This love calls us to give and 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 give. One of the things that blows me away is the Father's heart of tolerance. Either he's waiting or he's giving or he's doing both constantly. So when we talk about Connect Group Sunday, yes, there'll be communion. Yes, there will be wonderful food and we will sit at a table. Yes, there'll be wonderful fellowship and laughter. And yes, there'll be moments of intimacy where there'll be prayer and opportunity to minister. But it is in that context of eight people where bonds are forged in the Holy Spirit, where people feel where once they were excluded and ignored by the world, they're accepted and loved by his church. You see, this isn't just an idea that comes from God himself. It's his heart. Jesus exhibited it again and again and again in the, one of the most profound places that is the, what I think the most, one of the most profound moments in all of Scripture 
Where does he find himself? Around the table with his disciples. And he takes the bread. He takes the juice. He identifies Judas. The last time he and the disciples sat together in fellowship and in friendship. And Jesus breaks that moment of chit-chatter and laughter and connection that flowed so easily amongst them as close friends enjoy and just took a piece of bread and he took a juice, a glass of wine. He said, guys, one last thing. It happened around the table of fellowship. It happened there. The climax of their three and a bit years together. The disciples didn't fully understand what was about to happen next, but it didn't matter. Jesus knew exactly. Judas, go do what you had to do. The other disciples are a bit confused. Always thought that guy was a bit odd. The table. If we were to call it something else, we'd call it the table. When I was um, in my family, I'm the youngest of five boys, and we had a table. And every Sunday after church, uh, we would have a big meal. I'm not sure where that tradition came from, but I didn't complain. Every time we drove into the garage, you could smell the woof of something roasted or something mum had been cooking while we were at church. As in, she'd put it on the, in, on the timer. She came with us. Um, and we'd prepare. I'd had to set the table. I had to set the table. I had to put the plates out and knife and forks out, just like we get our kids to do. Just before I finish the story, it reminds me, back in the early days of the church, and this is why I can say that this value is in this church and we just want to turn up the temperature on it and make sure everyone's catching it. Because... When we create a structure like Connect Group Sunday, that's where we enforce value and culture into the hearts of people in this church. But you're also to carry that into your homes, into your table, into your place of fellowship and place of intimacy around the table where you can minister in the Holy Spirit to your friends and colleagues and to one another. But in the early days of the church, actually back when we were just up here at Hillier Park, church just up here, up here, that's Denmark, and um, there, was a, there was a couple, um, it was a, I'm not sure what age he was, but he was older and he had married a very young lady and they had some issues in another church and they were looking for another church and we were just a young startup church and they kind of came a few times and disappeared for a while and came back again and and he had this angst on him, this irritation on him this particular Sunday. And he came up to Susan and said, oh, so what is it to join this church? And Susan, in her beautiful nature, anointed the Holy Spirit, said, oh, that's really easy. God calls us a family. We're his family. We act like family members. We come to family gatherings. We bring something to the family gathering." We help set up for the family gathering. We enjoy the family gathering. And we help clean up after the family gathering. That's what it is to belong to this church. 
Oh, well, in that case, I'm not coming. It's not for everybody. But that's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. We had a large table when I was growing up. All through my years at home, it sat uh, eight people. But here's the th- it was a magic table. You pull the ends apart and you could open up two more leaves. It went from eight to 12. And I'm like, that's magic. That's unreal. I always wanted to do it because I thought it was so cool. Seeing this table almost well, by one third increase. I want you to get that picture. Let's increase the size of the tables in our homes, in our connect groups. Let's make sure we're creating a context, a space for people to come and experience the grace and the love of God in our homes and in our Sunday connect groups. This is not just a little holy huddle in a connect group. This is an opportunity to reach into our cities. You see, those three points of reaching our cities, making disciples and building community really aren't separate. They're intertwined so much. We're making disciples as we gather. We're reaching our cities as we gather. And we're building a bond. In Thessalonians it says, they will know that you are mine by the way that you care and love each other. There's not much else to be said. There's not much else to be said. So can I encourage you? I don't know how long... We're going to do this. Some people have asked me, oh, so, you know, we're going to do this forever. No, I'm just, I believe we're just following the Holy Spirit. Coming out of, oh, we're still in the pandemic. But the Holy Spirit is talking about building community at a much deeper level. Getting more authentic. Yes, we're going to have our Sunday services and that's super important for the body of Christ to gather together. Super important. This is, this is where we find our identity. This is where we find our oneness. This is where we find our strength Pastor Phil talked about anything is possible. Together, in him, we can achieve anything. Anything is possible. And I know that the strength of that togetherness is only found in that bond around the table. And so let me encourage you today. When you think of Connect Group Sunday, don't think it as something, oh, I can miss. No, we're actually positioning that equal to a Sunday gathering here. That that is church in a smaller setting. If you look at the early church, they met in the temple in a larger gathering and then they met also as the church in homes. So let's do the same. Let's make sure we're attending church in both contexts so you're getting a complete and whole experience and what you need as a member of this church. It's also a great way to bring a friend. It's a huge deal for someone to walk walk into a church. It's massive. But hey, I've got some friends meeting on a Sunday. We've got some meal. might be a little bit of prayer. You're okay with that? Yeah, no problem. Why don't you come along? Okay. And they experience something they've never experienced before. And they may only attend that Connect Group Sunday for six months or a year, but that's okay. They're on their way. They're on their way. Is that all right? So let me just finish up. Just before we 
wrap up in prayer. Let's all just stand up. I want to ask you, yeah, if the band could come up, please. I want to ask you if we just stand and just open our hearts and close our eyes. Does this resonate in your heart? I know it can be a challenge to get used to a new concept of what church is, but I've got to tell you, it's actually not that different than what we're already doing. I'm speaking into already who we are. And when I speak to other pastors and ministers around the world, I see the Holy Spirit is not just moving here, he's moving in a similar fashion all around the world. Coming back to the core, coming back to fellowship and connection, coming back to discipleship coming back to that authentic context of relationship. I believe that we will see, I believe that we will see fruit coming from this even as we lead up to Christmas. We're going to hear more testimonies. We're going to see more people transitioning into a context of church much quicker because of the relationships and the discipling and the gathering. I want to ask you, Do you think you could prioritize this in your house? That maybe once every two weeks or every three weeks or whatever you find for you to open your table up, to be generous with your food, to be generous with your conversation and your praise and encouragement. Because we are all ministers of the Holy Spirit. When Paul grapples with describing this kind of love to the Corinthian church, It's quite incredible the extent he goes to. If you do this without the Jesus kind of love, you're wasting your time. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. It's like faith and hope are almost useless unless this great kind of love, this Jesus kind of love is attached to them. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, we just pray for a greater anointing in this area of love that we would be known by the cities of this southern Skolna because of the way that you anoint us to love each other and love our cities. And Lord, we pray for our cities right now. We pray for Malmo. We pray for Lund. And we pray for Helsingborg. And we pray for Trelleborg. We pray for Istad, Lord. We pray for the cities of southern Skolna, Lord. And we pray that your love would reign your love would reign, that there would be a season of reigning love, Lord, into these cities, that churches would rise up for the cause of love in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, for revelation of Jesus Christ in people's apartments, where they are isolating, where they are dealing with with mental uh, fatigue and emotional fatigue. Lord, where people are feeling lost, Lord, I pray for revelation, for miracles and signs and wonders from the Holy Spirit to come into people's lives, Lord. And Lord, I pray for us, your instruments, each and every one of us, that as we go to work, as we catch our buses, as we catch our trains, as we go shopping, that you will just give us fresh Holy Spirit eyes where we will see people and you will speak to us about them and we'll have the courage to go up and talk to them and start to introduce ourselves to them and say, I know a place where you can belong. I know a place where you can be accepted. I know a place where you can be encouraged. I know a place where you can be healed. I know a place 
It's called the table. Come and laugh. Come and be silly. Come and have fun. Come and get ministered to in Jesus' name. We bless you today, Lord Jesus. You, you've modelled such an incredibly powerful context of ministry. And we commit ourselves to it, Lord. That we would be vehicles of your love at a whole new level in Jesus' name. Amen.